Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Lemons Out of Lemonade. It has been quite a long time since I've been able to produce an episode for you all. I would apologize, but I think as all of you know, um, life has been crazy. It's been really crazy. So I am re-energized and excited to be able to put out this sneak peek of season two. All I'm going to tell y'all about season two is that it's coming. I, I can't tell you when it'll be finished. I am currently in production of it right now. Um, if you follow me on social media, which as a reminder is at the Lul pod, um, Lul being L-O-O-L and then pod being P-O-D. Um, you saw that I was taking a break from producing, from recording, from even just putting up things on the social media about the podcast I needed some time to figure some things out. Um, I've moved recently, you know, started doing my grown, grown people things. And um, it's just, it's just been a wild time, not to mention, obviously, the state of our nation and the state of the world. So I really appreciate all of your patience in letting me take the time I needed to get this out. And as a gift to you all, I decided to give you all the entire first part of a two-part series about Black love that I recorded with some friends, some people that are very, very close to me and my own partner, um, who many of you know if you follow me on social media, but if you don't, um, he is appearing in this episode as well. This was definitely a great opportunity for us to really connect about our relationships, but also talk about what Black love means to us and some experiences that we've had with each other. So like usual, I'm just going to let it play and I'll catch y'all at the end. Today we are here talking about black love and I have a couple that black is very love. close <laughs> a couple that is very close to me and my own partner. So we will introduce ourselves and get to going. Go ahead, Bay. Hi. Hi everybody. My name is Ev. Um 23 years old. Um yeah. I go pronouns like he him his. My name is Danny. Um I am 23 years old. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I am a black woman, cisgendered. My name is Jonathan. My pronouns are he, him, and his. I am a cisgendered man, and yeah. Yes, and I am your host, back live after a uh, long hiatus, uh, um, Lexi Robinson, and I am a black woman, I'm a cisgender, straight female, and just to give y'all a little understanding of the relationships here, Ev and I are together dating in a romantic relationship and Danny and Jonathan are our friends who are also in a romantic relationship. So we're very happy to have both of them for this Black Love episode and get to hear different perspectives about what Black Love means to everybody. Okay, what does Black Love mean to you? Black love, what does it mean to me? Um, I think for me it means someone where you can be like, they can be a full self, authentic self, and obviously feel like comfortable with that individual. Like you don't have to kind of like put like a false image of yourself there. Now obviously, to me, black love is someone that's willing to, or to me, black love is the ideal someone else accepting you with everything that comes along with it. Your skin color, um, your flaws, 
you know, even like education and all that stuff plays into it. So I think like to me, black love is something, is someone or something that fully appreciates you and grabs you like with full open arms. Um, I feel like black love for me, uh, to be to piggyback off of that, it it is something that's like it's really wholesome, mm-hmm. and you connect with your partner on a spiritual level, a cultural level, yeah. in ways that other cultures just just can't, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Um, I feel like it's something that's really grounding. And like you said about being able to just be your authentic yeah. self, it's like you don't have to code switch. You don't have to you don't have to change yourself at all because the experience is like you can just relate to it. Mm-hmm. When something happens, like even if I mean even it's kind of sad, but like a trauma bonding. Yeah. yeah, can definitely it is definitely a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, if me and Bay are both like getting pulled over by the police, it's like we don't have to ask any questions or like we know. Well, no, yeah, automatically. Yeah, no, it's yeah. like we're both experiencing the same thing. So have like, y'all been pulled over together before? We have. Yeah, yeah we have too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, yes, we had that was. Yeah, that we was almost fell out over that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, this one might be a little bit off track, but like, how was like you guys' reaction? Was it like the same or like how did y'all? Oh no, I immediately just went to like, I knew that I was in the wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. so when it happened, I just like went to panicking. Mm-hmm. So I just made it seem like I had to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> my man said, let's go. So it was one of those things where we were both like scared, but it was like two different types of scared. So. Okay. Yeah. How you that? For me and that experience, I'm like, okay, I've never been pulled over before, and I know that we both black. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, like, at the end of the day, me being a black male, it's that, at that point in time, I was like probably like 21, mm-hmm. and it was probably like my third or fourth time being pulled over. Okay. So, oh, wow. And, and it wasn't even like something like me being doing something bad. It was just probably like kind of going up the speed of like. Right. You know what I mean? I kind of like 45, I'm doing like 47. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my windows are tinted, so I'll immediately get pulled yeah. for all of that. Yeah. Wow. Like, DWB, and you guys in the windows? Wow. Like, like, you got some drugs in that boy. Right. You, like, you, you doing everything. You are you. organized crime. Like, for wow. sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely scared for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to be like a G, being like <laughs> the common, <laughs> no, real, like, being calm and collected, right? But I could still, like, see you shaking and like yeah. see the fear and mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't just because oh I'm about to get a ticket right it's like yo we black on top of this mm-hmm. anything can happen yeah. yeah I'm not super familiar especially not at that age like super familiar with my rights right I just no, see what's on the news see what's on tv and I'm like we both young and black yeah and the best that I can do right now for my partner is to be calm Mm-hmm. Try to be that balance, you know, and I could see like him trying to be strong, but that that's the thing with black love is like you understand, mm-hmm. yeah, and there's no shame in that. Yeah. It's yeah. like you you're you're scared for a reason. We both have a legitimate reason to be scared, yeah. And even you as a man, like 
And what's funny is we got pulled over and I was driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So and now the reaction was yeah, different. Yeah, totally different yeah. in terms of like how I was raised to interact with the police. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't raised to necessarily be aggressive or belligerent to police, but I was police. I was raised to know what my rights are, though, mm-hmm. and that sitting in a car, I don't have to like kiss your ass just because you're a cop and I'm scared of you. Like, and I think. To a point, you know, one of my friends is like, Lex, you have to live to see another day. Like, some things aren't worth the argument. But it's also like, if you're going to pop me over a over a speeding ticket, like, you're going to pop me. Yeah. Like, you're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to come really out of yourself and out of your character, whether I see justice or not, to do some belligerent stuff to me when I'm clearly advocating for myself and for what my rights are as, a, as an American citizen. Yeah. If some foul stuff happens, that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's not on me. And so we, in that situation, I was not disrespectful to the cop when he came to me, but I was very confused as to why I got pulled over. I was on like a country-ish road, 60 mile an hour. I've never been on a road that like is technically considered residential, but is a four lane, basically freeway Mm -hmm. with the speed limit being 60 miles an hour. I've never seen that before. And we were going to like do something for his job. And I... Was, I was driving the speed limit, doing what I was supposed to do. It's a divided highway mm-hmm. or freeway, and a bus, a, like a school bus, pulls over like on the other side of the highway, going the opposite direction yeah. to pick up some kids. And so I'm looking like, of course, in a regular situation where it's a two-lane street, you would stop because there's like a, a stop sign or whatever. But we're on a divided highway. I'm trying to figure out like, do I stop? Do I slow down? Like, what do I do? None of the cars in front of me stopped or slowed down or did anything. So I'm moving like, okay, we're on a place. It's like being on a freeway and somebody on the other side of the freeway going the opposite direction has to stop because of the bus. I don't see why I on the other side of the freeway would have to stop. So I didn't stop. This cop comes out of nowhere, catches us like in the traffic or whatever, pulls me over at like in front of some type of business or something. And so he comes to the, um, the window and he's like, you know, I'm pulling you over. Right. And I was like, nope (laughs) i'm like not at all like if you think i did that on purpose or whatever it is you think i did like i'm I'm clearly ignorant to why you pulled me over to like right now and you know he's like well i mean you saw that school bus didn't you and i'm still sitting there like y'all like what are you i'm confusion sir like what is and i get highly irritated by the fact that i'm being pulled over and i can understand like i wasn't syrupy sweet to the man but I also don't have to be syrupy sweet to the man. Yeah. I'm not disrespectful to you, but I don't have to sit there with a, oh, no, officer, I don't know why you pulled me over, Massa. Like, no, that's I'm not doing that. And so he told me why he pulled me over, that I had violated not stopping for a school bus, that that was like a really big deal. I'm like, if it's some kids running across a four-lane highway, we got other problems. We got way other issues. This needs to be a whole different, this needs to be a policy just reform altogether on how we handle picking up kids from school but so he's like well give me your license registration and da 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 so I went to get my license registration I didn't ask him for permission I didn't say like oh I'm going to get this I'm going to get that you pulled me over you didn't pull me over for some criminal stuff you didn't catch me robbing nobody why would you expect that I have a weapon in the car now Mm -hmm. mind you people have gotten killed for less and I might have been reckless in that moment reckless quote unquote because i should be able to get my license if you ask for it (laughs) so i went and got it handed it to him terse you know he was terse with me i was terse back like i don't know what you're talking about i have no knowledge of this law 
that on a on a four lane highway going sixty miles an hour where there are residential, why are there houses here to begin with? I'm like, like, why are there kids having to get on the bus on a on a on a freeway? That's not making sense. And if they're crossing the street, that's even crossing, worse. Crossing, or if they would happen to fall across the bus in front, and I'm telling you, like, the kid would have had to have run at least 100 feet to get to my car. Yeah. Like, that's how far, that's how large the freeway was. Okay. So I'm still confused. Like, it's divided. There's a turn lane in the middle. Like, a lot of different things. Somebody on that side of the street would have hit him before I hit the kid. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not arguing with the man, but I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's confused that I'm just like ignorant. I'm like, well, sir, this don't make no sense. Right. So it is what it is. Um, took my license, went back to his car, came back and was like, well, you know, you have a pretty, you know, good driving record, a perfect driving record, sir. A perfect one. Not I perfect. just got my license. Ain't nothing to really mess up in like a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, if I'm, if I'm really that dangerous, then y'all need to take me off the streets today. So, you know, he called himself doing me a favor. Like, well, since your driving record is good, I'm going to give you an, a, a lesser. You're still going to give me a ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have to go pay. But he's going to give me a lesser ticket and that there are going to be points on my record. But. I can like take some little safe driving class and get them expunged or whatever. But of course I still got to pay the ticket. It was like $150 and I'm pissed because I wasn't supposed to be out there in the first place. I was out there for him. Right. Making sure that he, (laughs) (laughs) making sure that he could get what he needed for his job. And I had to borrow my roommate's car at the time to do it and do whatever. So I was already pissed. It's early in the morning. I got stuff to do and homework and whatnot. And that whole experience for me for me, it ended frustrated. Like, I was frustrated that I got the ticket that he pulled me over that he was, like, obviously an ass for just mm-hmm. asking me all these questions. Like, you know I don't know. I don't know. And you know I'm not from here. That's yeah, the other thing. Like, your ID, like, from here? Mm-hmm. Oh, this was this was a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I still have my license, even though I moved. I still really? have, like, a Michigan license. So, this was, we were still in undergrad. And when it happened, you know, I was obviously frustrated about it. I don't think Ev, any, Ev said anything to me at the time, but... Actually, I think he did. Yeah, yeah he did, and I think that's what set me off. It was like the the police officer had pulled off, and then we get his point of view on what happened. I think for me, I think we definitely had different um, lessons on how to like behave when like we get pulled yeah. over. Mm-hmm. I think for me, one being also like a foreigner, and like my mom also like kind of like telling me that when you come here, like go to school, come back, you respect the law, respect officers, say yes sir, no sir. And also being like a black male, and also given my size, like I'm a threat to like yeah. any like anybody. Ain't nobody about to tell you you ain't about to just right. Mm-hmm. Too big, yeah. Five two one twenty. And um, for me, it was kind of like when we got put. Actually, it's like I kind of knew like it was gonna happen because when I, as soon as Lexi like passed, something told me like. I should, I should tell her, like, stop. For some reason, I didn't tell her. But as soon as we passed, I saw the dude coming. I was like, yep, he's coming for us. Because there were, like, three cops behind us. We ended up being in traffic. I was like, she's, he's coming for us. Like, And I can see Lexi already getting a little bit annoyed. I think, like, prior to that, I did something to annoy her. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was trying to find ways Thank to... Thank you for taking responsibility. I was trying to find ways to keep her, like, cool and collective. But in terms of, like, the whole situation... You know, he came out, he asked Lexi question, Lexi answered. And for me, the first thing that I did, I put my hands, like, on mm-hmm. the, um, 
the dash. dashboard, like mm-hmm. so he can see. And I tell the police officer notice it because I know he would make eye contact. I'm like, don't say nothing. That I was looking in my pocket. Uh-huh. My hands are right here where you can see. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think Lexi looked at it. She didn't say anything. And when he asked for her paper, to me, like for her like license and all that good stuff, she went and got it without asking permission. And to me, it was just like, I feel like, to me, I personally feel like she was like putting my life in danger unintentionally. But I also understand that we grew up differently. That's why she was like taught. So for me, it was kind of like, like, damn, babe, like, Right. Like, I'm trying to do this more. Right. Like, I'm trying and, to do the right thing, girl. I'm trying to get us popped in this. Right. Like, I feel and, that. Yeah. And, you know, for me, when she, when he, when she gave all that paper and all that, you know, my hand was still on the dashboard the whole entire time. And after we left, I kind of like, we had like a brief conversation, like, you know, say, like, hey, and again, I'm still trying to like, keep her cool because I know mm-hmm. I piss her off and everything <laughs> that this officer just run as an extra pissing off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm like, look, I'm trying to be respectful, everything, but obviously my me trying to come and respect, but I'm also kind of traumatized. Because yeah. I never gotten pulled over either. I, I never had a police interaction before. Yeah, that was like, the first time I got pulled over same. also. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to tell her, like, hey, like, I know you you weren't trying to do anything. You had I know you didn't have anything, like, dangerous in the car. But for just future reference, it'll be why she just say, hey, officer, I'm going to go, I'm going to, can I reach for my, you know, whatever he asked for. Yeah. And I think for her, it kind of like pisses her, like, in order because, you know, like, if he asks me yeah. to get something, I'm not going to ask you again to, like, excuse me, to reach for it. But after we, like, after she had calmed down, after I have calmed down and, like, ref- then done some reflection on my part, yeah. I definitely understand where she was coming from. And I think, like, she had an understanding where I was coming from, yeah. by my upbringing. Um, but it's kind of, like, for me, like, I understand, like, she's, like, very um, spoken. And obviously, no one wants to be, like, kiss, like, an officer. Especially if, he, if an officer tells you, like, get this and you do go ahead and do it. But for me, just kind of, like, at times, you're going to be, like, just ask permission. Like, we, we don't know why that officer, how he woke up that day. And like, yeah. I understand like, you can be like, he told you to reach it. And then like, he just pulled his gun actually like you reach for it. And I know like, it, like it pisses you off, but that's kind of like how I feel about it. It's like, yes, I'm going to do this now, but I can go to court, fight for it. Most of the time they throw it out because they don't even show up for it. But mm-hmm. I totally understand where she was coming from too. And I think that she understood where I was coming from as well. Yeah. But that was kind of like... Hearing your point of view about it after... I mean, I was very highly annoyed at the situation and I was highly annoyed at his, his, I guess, perspective of how it went. Um, Especially when, I mean, he said straight to me, like, you put my life at risk. And I was like, I would never, like, I mean, that's insulting as hell. Like, to me at that time, it's like, whoa, like, what do you mean I put your life at risk? Like, because I stood my ground as citizens of the United States, like, because I didn't, you know, ask the man if I could do things that he told me, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. all those extra steps. And I think in my mind, like I really had to come down and understand that he was raised to fear the police. Mm 
in a different way and not in a way that I wasn't raised to fear the police, but I'm raised to fear the police with an understanding of what my rights are as a citizen. Mm -hmm. So am I going to like blatantly, am I going to spit on a police officer? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to having a dialogue with a cop, that's a whole different situation. And the understanding that whatever happens to me at the hands of that cop is not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think when we fell out about that, that day, it was really about whose responsibility it is to act right mm -hmm. yeah. and to me if i'm respectful to you but i have questions about why it is that you pulled me over and you have stupid answers or stupid questions and i don't feel like talking to you that's my prerogative mm -hmm. i don't have to sit here and answer all of these questions if you got a problem and you pulled me over for a certain reason you should be able to tell me what that reason is and if you need to take my license and registration then that's cool and i'm gonna go get them because you asked for them and I'm going to give it to you and you can run whatever you need to run. You can give me my ticket and we can go. We don't need to have all this conversation in between. And I don't need to be asking you permission to do stuff that you asked me to do. Yeah. And if something, if harm comes to me, would I intentionally try to put you in harm's way? Obviously Definitely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. But if harm comes to me because I'm asking questions within my right as a citizen, harm just going to have to come. That's that's not that's not on me. That's not anything that I've provoked. And we've seen people be murdered for less, mm -hmm. for less than even asking questions about their right, just for teacher license and registration. And they told you to do it, and you go get it, and now you're dead yeah. because you followed instructions. So in my mind, it's like the concept of the police. Um, and I've had a couple altercations with the police since then at my home, mm -hmm. and the way that I address them. We, I don't need to be nice to you. I don't. And I, I can't see myself even teaching my children to fear the police so much that they lose dignity to save their own life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I can't see myself doing that. And maybe that's a, a growth area and something that I have to grow in as a person. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna kill me or you're so threatened after pulling me over for a routine traffic stop, you're so threatened by my presence as a black person, there's really nothing that I could do. Whether I kiss your ass or not, that's gonna save my life at the end of the day. And me asserting myself and my right and asking questions based off, of, because clearly I'm gonna have some type of, of repercussion for getting pulled over. I'm either gonna get a ticket, it's gonna go on my record, you're gonna arrest yeah. me or you're gonna kill me. It's, it's only a few options. Yeah. Yeah. Only a few. There's nothing on my end that I'm doing legally, answering your questions and asking my own questions that warrants you harming me. And so I, I felt a way internally about him feeling like I have placed us both in danger because of course that wasn't my intent, but I had to hear him. Yeah. Like, this is how I was raised to understand what the police do, how I'm supposed to act around police and I felt endangered by that. And so we've never, we haven't gotten pulled over together since yeah. then, but I can, I can say that because he's expressed that to me, that my position would be different having us being pulled over together at another time. Now, if I get pulled over by myself, I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. just say what I wanna say. But with him in the car, I think having to respect that fear and that upbringing, and then also helping him to understand like, Ain't really much we can do. If you if you have murderous intent, if that's if that's how you come to view black people, there's really not much that we can do. And it's a sad situation, 
but I'd rather be on the side of empowering myself and knowing whether I've lived or died from this situation, that I was doing the right thing, that I was within my right as a citizen in this country to interrogate, to ask, to push back, to ask questions about what the cops are doing. I would rather die doing that than die trying to kiss some ass and you're still threatened regardless. And I think that's even a revolutionary thought because the average person isn't ready to die. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I mean, like, they'll be like, you know, this isn't my fight with the police. I will go and be empowered in my workspace. Right. I'll be that amazing black woman in my workspace. That's my battle right there. That's what I can control. But right now, even thinking, even that is, that takes some courage to even say, I would rather die doing this. So it's a lot of people ain't ready to even say that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, I would rather die doing this. It's like. I would rather not die. But it's like, yeah. I would rather die. I right. would never want yeah. him to die. A absolutely, yeah. Over a decision that I made. Yeah. Or for something that I felt so empowered or emboldened to do. I would never want that to happen. I would never want that to fall on him. Yeah. And I think that balance mm -hmm. of our personalities even. I always say, he's a nice one. <laughs> I'm like, you need to you need to pull him over. Talk to him. Okay, he, he ain't gonna ask you no questions. Yes, officer, no officer. Yep, you know what? You're right. I was speeding, sir. And he could have been going five below the speed limit. And he gonna be, yep, yep, that was yep, mm-hmm, yep, this ticket, yep, and we would have split and moved on without, you know, and I told you, and Nathaniel always says to me, like, Lexi, you need to live to fight another day. And I'm like, some stuff, some stuff, it has nothing to do with what I want to do. It has nothing to do with whether I want to live or not. It's out of our hands. And I'm never going to intentionally provoke, but provocation is so subjective these days that it doesn't matter. But I would never want to put that on him. And that was something that I had to like switch in my mind after that moment in that conversation. Because of course I'm mad, I'm emotional, I'm tired. It was early in the morning we yeah. were going to do this. Like it was just so many different factors that played into that. Yeah. But to understand that like, I love, I would do anything and she had to, glasses too. Okay. I would do anything. I would miss class to protect this nigga. Anything. <laughs> anything yeah. to keep him out of harm's way yeah. that I could have potentially put both of us in danger. Like, that was never a thought to me. One of the main things is it's crazy because, well, not crazy, but how you said that you were raised to like ask questions to the police officers. One of the main things for me was, and I remember this, it came exactly after. Like the birds and the bees. We were like, birds and the bees, let's talk about cops. cops. Right. Birds and the bees, cops. And I remember, because I was sitting with my dad barbecue, and he was like, when you get pulled over, you don't say a thing. Like, you, you whatever he says, just stick with that. Mm -hmm. And that's what, exactly what I did when, every time I've gotten pulled over. It's just like, I stuck with whatever they say. You were speeding. Yep. <laughs> like, whatever you say. Like, I, whatever would get me home so I could just tell my parents or I could tell Daniel, right. this happened to me. And it's just like one of the craziest things, like of even like how you say reaching for like your registration, mm -hmm. like yeah. When he was like reach for your, like get like ask your license registration, I'm like, I'm about to grab my registration. So I'm reaching right. slowly, like yeah. it's just like a, a fear, like and it's not like like we're like we want to give that fear, and like I have to tell my dad didn't want to put that fear into me, right. right? But it was one of those things like he has to let me know, like you don't want to die, right? Coming home. Right. So I like, gotta at least say something. Yeah. Because this is how society is. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and it was like right after all the killings of like that happened, like within like what 2018, like, right? That summer mm -hmm. that went crazy. It's just like, 
I have to tell my son something. Yeah. Right. I have a black son. I have two black sons. I have to tell them something. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't argue a thing. Come home and we'll deal with it later. Right. So, and I, and I completely understand. Yeah. Like, my dad told me, like, when you get pulled over, don't take your hands off. Like, if I'm yeah. in the driver's seat, don't take your hands off the steering wheel. If you're in the passenger seat, put them on the, like, dashboard. Yeah. So, like, all your reactions was, like, that's it's, 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 not, it's not a book. Right. It's, it's, it's like what we're taught. Like as black males, just like like training one on one. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, how to get home one on one. But what I want to say is that like I think like black love is also being able to like laugh at your trauma, like we're doing kind of like right now. Yeah, I think okay. that I think like, I think like Lexi and I, we have taken a lot of rides like here from school to back yeah. home. And there have been like roles where we just like know off the bat where it's like oh, racist, yeah. racist. Oh, we yeah. like music down, like the church. You turn the music up. Shut the music up. We're like, we're not talking to each no. other. And then as soon as we hear like a role where it's like a little bit more friendlier, we're like, yeah, we're, we're just like, we're back, like, back on the highway, like, even like on the way here. Waze had us taking. They yes. had us in Clan oh, yeah. Country, boy. We yeah. was in Pennsylvania riding through Trump Nation, yeah. like yeah. Trump wow. Nation, and it was small town. Early one little, morning, one like, little stoplight, and you knew where you were. And we yeah. were up at like three in the morning driving through this. So immediately, yeah, music I'm is not, turned I'm, down. I'm, I'm we yeah. are barely even breathing. Look at the gas in like, the I'll car. Right. No, no, we were, we were, we had, we enough, had gas. enough gas. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we were. <laughs> So if someone wanted to chase us, okay. say, I would be put my car on sport. Okay, we, we, we wasn't going to get caught up. But it's like instinctive. The first couple of times that that happened was us driving from Mount Pleasant to, to, to Novi or even like to K-Zoo. Yeah. And it took us, you know, it was on this back road, it took us off the highway. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy to me how instinctual that was. We've never yeah. talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. We've never talked about this. And we happy. got in the car and got it. I'm just seeing some little jingle jangles and mm-hmm. small little and some farm country. And we ended up running through some towns and stuff driving. And it was like instinctively, Quiet. the music went down and neither of us even breathed for like 30 minutes. And we minutes. see cops behind us like, man, man sheriffs, you know. A speed reader. I'm like exactly the like, speed exactly, reader. Exactly. He's like matter of fact. Okay, we going three below the speed. And it's so funny because Lexi, you know how many times I was at Central. Yes. Just me going through ground. This side of the state is nothing but red. Yeah. And it's just so crazy because like when I would go to Central, I'm just like going backwards. I'm just like. That's Lord, let me just make it essential. I just like, yeah, he would for you, girl. Two plus hours. Yeah. After yes. he got off work at ten o'clock, he would make it to central at twelve thirty. Oh, that yes. trouble. Oh, that was trouble. I'm telling you, I would, I would pull in the back way to central. I was coming the back way, yeah. And I would literally, when I see that central sign, I'm just like, oh, oh, oh yes. praise God. <laughs> I remember one time it was so funny, like talking about being pulled over. I got pulled over like as I got on the campus at Central. Dang. And he was like, Where are you coming from? I'm like, Western. Like, yeah, like, 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 <laughs> give me another college. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, going, man. It's like I am a college student. I have made it. Like You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm j i am I finally got here. Seriously? Like can we yeah. just yeah. I'm almost in my girl house. I'm just trying to get to the dorm room. Like, like that was like one of the times I can say, like, I got away. Mm. That's like, crazy. Just like crazy. Man. I think that like it's kind of one of your like guy questions, but the idea of protection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel so helpless. Yeah. Like as a black woman having a strong black man who can make decisions and uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 I 
Say that one more time. He said just for the people, girl. For the people, love. Okay. As as a black woman, having a black man who can make decisions, who can you know handle business, Mm -hmm. and then he be put in a situation where he has no control. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can't do anything. What do we do? I'm just as helpless. You know, or I feel that way at least. It's like what what do you do? And I I hate seeing it in the in t- on movies and mm-hmm. television. Yes. I hate seeing it like that, and I hate experiencing it in real life. It's like yo, this is real. Yeah, I literally have no power right now. Yeah, as much as I want to feel empowered and stand my ground, it's like like you said, if they got murderous intentions, they got murderous intentions. And that's it. And I can't do nothing but be black. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's not even a choice. Yeah. Right? Like, that whole being polite and doing that, like, that is a choice of behavior. That's something mm-hmm. that you're either going to do or you're not going to do based off of how you feeling. If you, you know, woke up on the right side of the bed or not or whatever, mm-hmm. if you feeling like kissing some ass, then that's cool. And it works <laughs> out. But if you're not, the color of my skin yeah. is on me at all times. And how you are feeling is the determinant of whether I make it out of this situation or not. And I think in my mind, whether that's crazy or or some type of freedom, you know, to understand that it's not within my control, like it it plagues you. It plagues you for sure. And I just started thinking about like Queen and Slim. I think the anniversary of that movie was the other day where that movie has come out. Oh, y'all gotta see that. It's hard though. I cried. I cried for sure. I haven't seen, I really honestly haven't seen a lot of black movies Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm already traumatized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just seeing the trailer of it, I'm like, I can't even take it. It was real close. And I saw it with him. I saw it with yeah. him, and the first time that I saw it, I definitely cried, and Same. it and it was more like especially towards the end. Oh yeah, watching how it ends, and just even watching how, and I don't want to spoil it for y'all or anybody else who hasn't seen it yet. If y'all haven't seen Queen and Slim, y'all mm-hmm. need to go ahead at this point. By the time this episode gets released, Valentine's I don't know when it's gonna be, but it it's something. yesterday or the day before that was the anniversary. It's around Thanksgiving time now, so. Mm-hmm. The anniversary of that movie coming out, and we went to see it. I think that first week. I think mm-hmm. we went to see it that next day when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching her relationship with him, obviously, I relate to Queen in mm-hmm. terms of being like the one who knows the law and understands. And she's very clear when the, when it when stuff pop off. She like, look, we need to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she almost orchestrates the entire getaway situation because she is a lawyer. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She knows that whatever situation had happened with him, them and the cop and them getting pulled over, that it wasn't going to end well for him. And so her putting herself in a position consistently to protect him when she really didn't need to. She didn't know him from anybody else. She had been on a first date with him or something like that. All that happened on the first date. These are not people that know each other and love each other. We've been together three years. Black love. That's universal. Mm -hmm. I think even with friendships, family... It's like that black love is so deep that when you win some shit, yeah, I got you. I got you for and sure. And I say that all the time, like, oh, I got you, I got you. And it's, I say it casually, but when it really comes down to the wire, it's like, yeah. no, for I mean, real, no. I got you. Mm-hmm. We in this together. And we have to. Yeah. We got to. And it has to mean something. Like, yeah. that I got you is not like, oh, I got you, my guy. Like, yeah. hey, like <laughs> I got you, my guy. Like, because you heard that shit on TikTok. No, that yeah. means that I really got you. And if something goes crazy, it's me and you. Yeah. And that has to mean something. It can't be just, 
oh, I heard this on X, Y, and Z, and it's the cool thing to say right now. No, that no. means that if you say that you are, if you are a black person, yeah. and you say to me, male, female, you know, non-binary, if yeah. you if you say to me that you got me, yeah. that means we are here with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are here for as long as we need to be here. It might not even be a lifetime, but for this night, yeah. I got yeah. you. Yeah. It's been girls that I've been in the club, like, girl, I'm, I got you. Okay, I see. If you don't like this nigga, come uh, on. You yep. coming home with us? Like you, you yep. We're, yep. You're a part of our group now. You don't know him, bet you're staying the night with us. Period. It means something, yeah. and it has to. Yeah. What is that? We don't have the, the luxury of being fake to one another, no. of lying or being on some fake. If I don't mess with you, I'm gonna let you know. Look, you on your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like dog you on your own for sure okay but watching that movie and crying and i think that i had like a serious almost panic attack watching if bill street could talk yes you did I yes that in my room. yeah yes and that i think that was one of those like moments where i felt extremely helpless and it was after an altercation that i had at a restaurant on camp like just a Mm -hmm. little bit off campus and some teammates and i had gone with our coach to this little tiny ass diner like off campus for breakfast little team building or whatever and we went to leave and pay our bill and this white like old white man is sitting there at the table with a whole bunch of other old ass white men and he starts yelling at me in this very small restaurant so he's like hey like Hey, like you, like, hey. And this so small that I'm obviously walking past him mm-hmm. and he grabs me. Like he grabs my arm and like yanks me down to like ear level to him. And he's like, you want somebody to rip those earrings out of your ear? I had like these huge hoops that y'all know. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the look, love. Like yeah. I got the hat with the fro in the back and the, I'm looking like a black girl for sure. If, if anything, with just my hoops. But I got my Central Michigan, you know, track and field on. Like I got all of my gear and stuff i look like a regular student just like everybody else and we're all lined up because it's such a small diner and he pulls me out of everybody out i'm the only black well presumably black woman Mm -hmm. who is there and he physically assaults me and drags me down and is talking about ripping my hoops out because of how big they are whatever somehow that offended him or made him whatever and then him and all of his friends are like laughing like after like he lets me go and it's like funny that like he had done that so that had happened i don't know how many days before maybe a couple of days and i remember telling ev that like it was just so crazy it was, like, the following weekend just like you spend the night and we watched the movie yeah and so we watched if bill street could talk which is an adaptation of a james baldwin book mm-hmm. i think one of his writings it's about like a young couple in like the 50s and the boy like they've known each other since they were children they've loved each other since they were children and the boy, the man in the relationship gets accused of doing something um, that he didn't do. Mm-hmm. There's like a cop that just like has a vendetta against him. He had tried to get him for something else, but he couldn't get him. So he blames this like rape, I think, on the black kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he ends up going to jail and they're trying to like find the woman, the woman who was raped to get her to like testify and say that that wasn't him because she knew her rapist and like all that kind of stuff. And she like flies to cuba or something and they and they they send somebody down there to try to get a a affidavit from her or something to like prove that he's not the person and get him out of jail and they never they never get to get the affidavit and he ends up being in jail for like the rest of their life and the woman like 
when he gets convicted of this, she's she's pregnant, right? So the woman that he's loved his entire life, they've known each other since they were children. She's pregnant. They're about to get married. They're going to start their life together. The family is really happy. And then this whole thing happens. And like to watch all of that and to have like hope. I mean, it's it's wonderfully directed and scripted and put together Mm -hmm. to a point where you feel like, okay, when they find this girl, they're going to get the information they need and they're going to get him out of jail. They're going to have this baby. It's going to be great. They're going to live their life and they never get it. And so it was like the end of that movie and watching her like come to the prison with the kid, the kid's like five years old at this point and and keeps going. And like, they did, they have this whole like jail family dynamic, Mm -hmm. like, to have the end in that way triggered instantly. Yeah. Like, and we have no control. And I remember you, um, kind of like feeling really emotional about it. Yeah. But I remember you were saying something about, like, you, she wanted me to be more careful around campus. Yes. Um, just being aware of my surrounding and just, because I remember the very thing that you told me of, like, you don't want me to go to jail like something bad just happened to me and I think like for me personally I have a tendency of like obviously at times I can be like I guess is it too playful or like not understand not just okay too playful I think that would be the right term and I think for her it kind of like hit her because I could be like in a moment where I'm like too playful not even realizing what's happening that I find myself like in a whole situation where it's like damn like I can get I can get out of this, yeah. and I think that whole night that kind of like devastated to a point where like she had to breathe out of like a bag or uh, a bag because she could she couldn't breathe. Yeah, um, and I think that for me of kind of like trying to understand where she was coming from, and like obviously her wanted to be like to protect her in that yeah. sense, and for me trying to like I don't think we almost switch character switch role like she's a protector and I'm kind of like the nature now because I'm trying to make sure that first so you gotta breathe girl like, I'm not trying to make sure that, that that she breathes and obviously like explain to her that like I totally understand where you're coming from um you know I wanted to show her that like you know I don't I acknowledge that I play too much but I'm be more aware of because Ev doesn't mind bringing attention to himself. And I think that's also, we grew up in two different states. So for everybody who doesn't know, Ev grew up in Maryland. Diversity. Diversity. <laughs> <laughs> he, he grew up around people, not only black people, but Caribbean people and African people and native people and Hispanic oh, people. Like yeah, it is, there's a, so a whole different situation okay, where, where being playful and being loud in certain situations or even acting your age, right? Yeah. Being a yeah. high schooler and just being like, a kid yeah. is okay because people understand that you are a child and whether you're black or not or brown or not, that there's some type of understanding. Like this is a young kid doing yeah. some dumb shit. It's fine. Like we're not going to retaliate or do anything. I grew up in a very suburban neighborhood mm-hmm. where I was trained on how to act around white people yeah. and around in spaces where it was majority white folks around. Mm-hmm. And that if certain things, whether or not my parents explicitly said this to me, but there are certain behaviors that will demonize me 
not because I'm actually a bad kid or because I'm trying to steal from this store or do whatever, or because even if I'm hanging out with white people, like in middle school, my crew was very much, I would say diverse. I had an Asian friend, a white friend, you know, some black friends, you know, but my mom used to drop us off at the mall and be like, look, y'all are all my kids for the day. And you need to act like sis. And sis is me. <laughs> and she would be like, don't go in here talking loud. Don't get in here drawing attention to y'all self. Don't go in here being belligerent. You need to be respectful to the people that work at this store. Because that even that little amount of attention drawn to you can be dangerous. Yeah. 100% dangerous. And it's not even dangerous to the point where somebody white mama gonna cuss you out or something. No, this is dangerous. Like you could get a criminal charge from a mall cop. Yeah. For do, for doing nothing, for being for loitering, for running, running. or they could call the real cops and have you hemmed up for some shit that you didn't even do. You're a child, but they're not gonna see you as children. And as long as my daughter is gonna be with y'all, y'all gonna act like you got some sense, mm -hmm. whether it's age appropriate sense or not. So consistently having to like guard the way that I behaved in front of people in public and white spaces, that's something that has been trained inside of me. So when I met him, and of course he's a lovable you know, joyous individual. <laughs> but when he would be getting loud in places or we'd be Man. in the store and he would do something, it would trigger me. Like, you need to stop. Yeah. You need to stop now. I am scared. I am mm -hmm. very scared. If you draw attention to us, I don't care if it's a football game. We all loud. We need to be quiet. <laughs> but I'm like right. only thing louder than us need to be the band. Like it, that's the. I mean, and now I'm not saying we can't get hype at the game, but it's like when some shit pop off, these drunk ass white kids they gonna get away with this shit. Not for real. We're not. Yeah. We're not. So we were we were at Western, and there were some. We yeah, were Western right. for the Western Central game, a little rivalry game, and shit. it was I a was whole done. bunch. Of, uh, I think it might have been a year before that. Yeah. And a whole lot of, a whole lot of shit. Just yeah. loud in front of the Western people and like, yeah, like F Western, like da, 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 da. And I'm looking like, now, if you get into a fight, who is going to jail? Right. <laughs> Gee, we all know. It's, it's so funny yeah. going to Western. I'm not even looking at you. Like, yeah, I got him right <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and you got people picked out. But you know, it's a whole bunch of drunk white kids like, ah, oh, yeah, F Central, yeah. F this, F that. And as soon as you even act like you're going to say something back to them, it's a problem or it's going, it could be a problem. And that, yeah. that triggers me so much. And it's something that as we've been together, I've had I to like, well. I've had to grow to release some of that. I don't know how, how well I'm doing on the releasing. I don't, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm doing a great job. I need to work on releasing more for sure. But after watching that movie, I think the, I the conflict that we'd had about that, it's not that I'm trying to kill your fun. I'm not trying to be the nagging, mm -hmm. like, you need to act right and do X, Y, and Z. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I'm truly fearful for your life. Mm -hmm. And when we're together, I'm truly fearful for mine. Mm -hmm. And I think it's weird that like, in terms of the police situation, it was almost reversed where I'm like, you know what? It's not if you yeah. buck. If you got something to say, you know, we can go there, cop. But in regular present settings, it's switched. I'm like, you are endangering us. Yeah. Okay. By acting, it is not even acting crazy. It is things that he should, and I can admit that he should, within his right as a human being, be able to express and do and live freely. Yeah. In my mind, it doesn't compute with living. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, that um, that day where you were after we finished watching the movie, and you were having a hard time breathing, and me trying to like. Just being like the nurture and making sure you're all right. 
I definitely understood like a little bit more where you were coming from. And I think that even like after the Western, I'm not sure if it was like before or after we watched the movie. I think probably after you had watched it. I think movie. it was after. Okay. Then I think I definitely understood like where she was coming from in terms of like understanding even like my surrounding. And I think that surrounding have a lot to do with kind of like how you behave. Mm-hmm. Because I always tell her that like when I'm back home, like I'm aware of my surrounding. I know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me back home, it's kind of like I know to a certain extent how to behave. You know, if in me being back here at like in Michigan, it's kind of like people here seem to be a lot more conservative. Like there's not much diversity like around. And I think that I definitely understand like, her upbringing mm-hmm. and that whole situation was kind of like, I right, am. So, you know, like seeing how this whole movie had an effect on her, I definitely had to like do something I like, reflect on my end. So it's kind of like, well, she, like she's constantly doing things to like making sure that we're both all right. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like my turn to kind of play that role and be like, all right, like, you know, I'm already black. I'm already muscular and big. <laughs> okay, so uh, big, big. And, let's, be, let's be clear. Strong, this is, ain't no little. This ain't and, no little scrawny basketball. You know, maybe ish playing dude. No, we line, talking about linebackers. Yes, we talking linebackers. I already know that. Like Lexi, at the time she had like her afro and all that stuff. Like this, all like we bring attention to ourselves already. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like right now I have to match her energy and like see how she's. Walking around the crowd and like, and just like, assessing risk. Yeah, assessing risk. Yeah. Is it worth like being loud and talk all that shit and go to jail, or rather let them talk that shit and go enjoy that little Papa John pizza <laughs> or, or Lexi? So I definitely think that that's definitely like also an idea of like black love, being able to adapt to like hurt to the trauma of your partner, mm-hmm. yeah, and like eventually become like both of you guys trauma. Eventually, you both realize that, for example, you realize her trauma, yeah. she realized your trauma. Yeah. So it's like a realization for both of you guys at right. one point. In time. Yeah. So I'm not trying. Yeah. I feel Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. And the end goal is to hopefully grow mm-hmm. and free ourselves from that kind of thinking mm-hmm. that we even have to be anything less than our truest selves. Mm-hmm. You know, so we understand each other's traumas and we understand that society is messed up. But hopefully one day we can all just be confident enough to be blackity black black. Like I'ma rock my fro, I'ma rock my okay. box braids, right. my big old hoops. If okay. anybody got something to say, run up. No, mm-hmm. seriously. And I think <laughs> even for that, it's in him saying like, you know, she wears her afro and she wears her hoops and she does whatever. Those are silent forms of resistance yeah. for me mm-hmm. that I still that are still calculated risk. Yeah. It, it took a minute for me to be like, you know what? This afro says a lot about me. Mm-hmm. And it can say whatever you think it you think that it means about me, but I know what it means about me. Even to lock my hair at this point in my life, like that says something about me. Yeah. I didn't lock my hair for the longest because of what it was going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and it's those things personally about how I look and my appearance that I already know put me at risk, if anything, of, of perception. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be physical harm. I mean, that could lead to physical harm, but 
those are those are little battles that I've taken for myself oh, yeah. and little battles that I feel like I've won. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest point of like freedom will be that that face to face interaction of being comfortable going to somewhere and being a little bit loud just because I can. Yeah. And just, just mm-hmm. and, and maybe getting into it with the customer service representative because mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. Because you done messed up my order. Exactly. And I don't like that. I said I didn't want pickles. Exactly. There is always always a little bit when I when I do see black people be loud Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm like, oh they need to calm down. Yes. You know what I mean? It scares me. There is a little bit of freedom that they express that I want. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to be loud and cuss them out because that's what they deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, for real. That's that's what they deserve. It's a part of it's a part of them that they're expressing, and that's some freedom oh, yeah. that I'm waiting to get. That I, I don't mean, have. I, yeah. And I can't be mad at you. <laughs> I, like, I can't be mad at you. I'm other like, you than... really shouldn't have pissed her off. You really shouldn't have. You should have just got her right the first time. But there was a time that I was in the I was in Walmart on campus with some of our teammates. All black girls, right? We all kicking it or whatever, and we went to Walmart to get something. And of course, like, I think it's like that 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 balance between like loitering mm-hmm. and making noise. Ooh, it just why are we why are we in the store for an hour? Yeah, <laughs> why are we why are we in the store walking back and forth through the aisles giggling? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a lot. Why you got a basketball? Why? Or why you like why you picking stuff up you're not gonna buy? <laughs> why are you holding things that are expensive that you just playing with? Like why would you do that? Why would you give them a reason to confront us when we try to leave mm-hmm. and look at our receipts and act like we was still? Why would you? And, it, and it, it triggered me so bad. And I remember being with them and just being like silent. Like I was the only quiet one. Really? And they were like giggling and doing whatever. And they was living their life. Living it. We having 19, fun. 20 years old having fun in Walmart's as you should. Not stealing nothing, no bad intent, and I am silent, scared, silent. Mm-hmm. And one of them said to me, like, Lexi, like, are you, like, anxious? Like, are you having, like, anxiety about how we're acting? And I looked at her honestly, and I said, yes, mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. We need to get these greens and leave. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm like, we need to get this toothpaste and get out of here. Toothbrush and hair care aisle. Don't none of us need. We all got weave. We don't need no hair care yeah, products right now. Good. I'm like, you know you can go these two, three months. Okay, I'm like, girl, we just walking around looking just to kick it. We are loitering. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's real, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because 50, 60 years ago, loitering would send you to a chain gang. No, over. It's over. <sighs> for like a months. chain gang for life. And that's nothing that my parents have said to me. Like, you want to end up on chain gang, girl. You in, you in the toothpaste. I don't need no toothpaste. You're going to be in jail. But that that generational trauma, that understanding that it takes nothing to put you in a whole different situation. Who cares about your intent? Who cares about you being in college and you got all the life to live? White kids can do that. We, we cannot. Ain't, we ain't got the luxury. We ain't, we ain't got, got the, the luxury. You get in the store, you get what you need, you get out. You show your receipts, you keep your hands where they're supposed to be at the register. You swipe everything, you pay for everything, yeah. and you leave. But your mama said, don't touch nothing. Don't, don't touch, touch Don't touch nothing. Nothing will we get in. But for me to be in a group of girls who didn't have that, part of it is me hating myself 
for not being able to enjoy this time because yeah. I'm a young person just like them yeah. and I should be able to kick it in Walmart if I feel like it yeah. and pay for my hair care products and my toothpaste and do what I got to do and get out of there. Yeah. But the the stain of somebody's perception of me mm-hmm. being a part of this group or being with them, if something happens, I'm going to be with them. Yeah. If something pops off, I get looped into this. I'm either a witness or a perpetrator. Like mm-hmm. all of these different things are playing in my mind. That's not something I should have to think about. Yeah. But it is a it, that that freedom that they had. Yeah. It it just it didn't even make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so I like, go home like. From? Like, where did this freedom come from? Where did you Where did you acquire this? Like, is it home? safe, really? Because I don't know if it would be safe for me, yeah. personally. Let me call somebody really quick. Right. <laughs> I'm like, it's safe for y'all, and it's looking great on y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that looks like on me. Because I don't even know how to bag it up. Because <sighs> personally, I'm quiet. I might, like, I do it <laughs> off a show, right? <laughs> like, if I was to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I am way too traumatized to get in trouble. Okay. Like, it like me and authority, we don't mix. Mm-hmm. So if a teacher says, Hey Danielle, um, this assignment is kinda late. Shame. 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 Okay? I feel like I'm the hor- most horrible person ever. <laughs> okay. <you laughs> that just- this assignment is late, that I had the audacity for to forget about it. Never mind what else I'm doing. Right. <laughs> Never mind that I'm president of this, secretary of this, yep. vice president of that, and the founder of this. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't matter. It don't matter. Exactly. Yes. And then when I know people who just just negligence they, Man, just, they just didn't do the assignment just cause they didn't feel like it cause they didn't feel like didn't it. forget just knew it was due look digging your book bag knowing you ain't got it <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 I know it's right hold on for an assignment bitch. that's not even there look. and you know it's not there man that is the craziest thing Come but on. I'm like cause, cause my standard for myself is just Super high. Sky high. Sky high. Man, higher than this atmospheric. I cannot, I can't, I can't mess up. And so part of me hates it because I do feel like, you know, like, like a kiss ass sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm like, I got to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. This might not be what I want to do, but I got to talk right. I got to move right. I got to do what, what was comfortable for them to experience and all that, you know, and I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Even working right now in retail, I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> why am I working so hard? I'm naturally a hard worker. Yeah. I literally don't know how to like, I literally don't know how to not be a hard worker. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even if it's a basic job, I'm going to still put in 110% because that's like in my blood. <clears throat> it's like in my blood. And so when I see other people slacking, or asking for a shift change because they want to spend more time with family or they go into a yeah. party or it's their birthday. I'm nah. Like, I'm like, nah, what? absolutely not. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> hey, no compassion. Right. right. No, 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 no. Shoot, when I when I post from uh for my shift to be covered, I don't put an explanation. Just cover it. It's like you want to cover it or not, but you're not about to judge whether or not my I deserve is important. Yeah, because right. she judges like, judge other people. Like, like you don't deserve to have this like, off. Okay, your baby gonna have a birthday next year too. Your it's gonna be fun. nephew birthday. What? <laughs> right. Like this is a four hour shift. You can do this. Okay, like, you you'll be fine. But I have a question for the guys like dealing 
with us oh, yeah. like that, what is what is that like for y'all? Dealing with that. We are very similar people. We are best friends, but yeah. like, no, like, <laughs> you know, we work and we grind and as as significant others, mm-hmm. how is that balancing our our tendency? It's it's for me it's bring it brings me back down, for example, because like I'm very playful as well. Mm-hmm. So in times like that, like when I'm very playful with my friends and when she's with me, she'll be like, hmm. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right, let me bring this back down for a second. Let me see if I can get a yeah. good response from her. Like, let me see if I can, like. It's like, like am I doing this right? Am I doing what you want yeah. now? Yeah. But it's like, it brings me back down, but it, it centers me. It, it, she's like the yin to my yang. So it brings me back to like a perfect, like, not perfect, of course, but it brings me back to like an even ground. So I can at least say like, I'm a good person. I'm trying my best to make everyone comfortable. I'm still having fun while she's still comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it allows me to like look at life in a different aspect as far as like how I'm going to approach it the next time. Mm-hmm. So every every step is just like different for me. Like I'll like one time we'll go through a whole entire day and I'll completely be just messing up in her eyes. <laughs> and then we'll talk about it that night and then the next day I'll come back and I'll just try to make it better. So it's just like me just trying to just be a better person the next day and just live up to what she wants me to be and still being who I want to be. Mm-hmm. So it allows me to get that good balance between both. Because I will say this, like, there's some things that I, and that's something I'm struggling with. I never want to be like the party pooper. Right. Um, But I do know some stuff is just wrong. Mm-hmm. Like... Some st- <laughs> y'all laughing, but you you know. It's like one of those things. Like when she has that conversation, you're like, I know it. Like, and you gotta eat it, but you get into you know. that like, I'm not your mother, right? And I don't feel like I should have to have this conversation with you, but because I care about you, yeah. I'm going to take the risk of being your mom and being the nag and being yeah. the party pooper and making myself unfavorable in your eyes for these thirty minutes or an hour or a day. Mm-hmm. To correct whatever that behavior is for your own good. But the thing like, is, I would rather have you be the party pooper, and that way I can fix it in the moment. There's time. Yeah. And oh. then, then, I mean, there's times. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's times. There has been times when I've said something and you told me to calm down. That part. And yes, when I know something, that's what we mess up. That calm down, that's like, calm down. I'm like, I haven't calmed up. Okay, I've said it, I've said that something was inappropriate, right? Wrong, or shouldn't have been said in the first place in a very calm way, trying to be respectful Mm because. I'm already very self-conscious of being the party pooper. Right. I get that when I get on activism. Okay. You know, it, it don't, it's not always That's an ism. Okay. An ableism, a racism, <laughs> a, a homophobism. <laughs> it's a, no, that's it's unacceptable. <laughs> not in my house, you not. Like, you know. I like to consider myself like a consistent activist, but you know, when I turn that thing on mm-hmm. and I say that's not okay to say. Because. It's, it's, it's like a because. Because like, we got receipts. We're not exactly. just going to tell you. Because we trained in this. Exactly. <laughs> this is the work we want to do. This is the work that we have been trained to do. Yes. And so I know that I can only, not even, I don't know when to use control, but I, 
I guess, yeah, I'm going to say control for lack of better terms, but the conversations that me and you have, we're here, right? It's like we understand what's right, what's wrong. We're learning. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not immune to being checked, mm -hmm. okay, for saying some off-the-wall stuff. But when you get around your friends, <laughs> oh. I can't control their conversations, right. right? I'm like, you know... In our household, we don't believe in right. this, or we mm -hmm. don't say stuff like this. Like, this is not just a joke. This is someone's livelihood. We're not going to say, right. you know what I mean? Just all the things. But when it's like you're around your friends, and they don't got girlfriends that say the same things as me. Right. right? They got somebody to check them. And right. so I be hoping, praying, <laughs> that you are that friend that checks them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if I start checking them, which I'm not afraid to do, but I respect you enough not to, I just look at you like you gonna check you me gonna out. get them or <laughs> because then I will shut it all down, mm -hmm. and then we all gotta leave, right? No, then then we gotta get our coats and our bags, and, yeah. go and we gotta go to the car, <laughs> yeah, and we gotta go home, right? It's not over. Cause I done blew up the you spot. Over I, done blew car, up, I done I done blew up the spot. Like I promise you, I'm not afraid to shut it down. Okay, but I respect you enough, and I. There have been times I've been quiet. I will yeah. have, I will say that. I will be honest. There have been times when I have shut up. Yeah. And I have just just ate it. Just ate it. Just yeah. all the all the bad things I don't like. <laughs> I'm just eating it. And I'm just like, you know, I am not Lord. I am not a proud of my stance and being a bystander. Right. An enabler. Yeah. yeah. But we'll talk about this when we get home. And we did. And we did. <laughs> we'll talk about this. The conversations. Right. Well, I'm just sitting here just like, okay. And then hours pass. And I'm just like, I understand. But it's, just, you... it's just like the learning experience from everything. And that's what I love the most. Is because even though it's like a like something that's big and hanging out with my friends, like they may have said some things. Like we're all not perfect, but they said some things that aren't, like, correct at the time of, like, what they said. It's just like, hmm, I allowed to go past. And then Daniel was, like, mentally taking the notes. Oh, keeping, like, and then, see, like, keeping score and, and check. So, it's so crazy. I'm just like, how did you I forgot all about we said that. Like, they said that. Or, so, yeah, it's, it's I, yeah. Because yeah. I, can't, I, I can't forget because I'm so triggered by it that it makes me uncomfortable. Like, where I want to leave. Yeah. There have been times when I, like, actually just want to leave. I'm like, if this is okay for you, we'll talk about that when we get home, but it's not okay for me, so right. I just want to remove myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate, I don't I don't like making it feel like, I don't like when it feels like I have to compromise that because, like, a core value. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. just be right and just, just be, like, human and just... Right. I learn all these things on how to interact with people. What are your pronouns? And right. I, you know, I'm trying my best to be the best person for other people. And so when it's not reciprocated in the communities or environments I'm around, it's hard. Yeah. Even with family. They're like, oh, yeah, we can't say that around her. But it's like, we're not no, going, like, ever. Don't say that yeah, ever. No. ever. <laughs> like, why are you still continuing to feel like that's okay? But it's a consistent integrity and I think that something, and I don't want to put it on all black women, but there's a very real feeling 
that we have to at the very least be consistent Mm -hmm. in whatever it is that we're doing we either gonna be right all the time we gonna have to act right all the time look right all the time do whatever all the time even if we're gonna you know revolt or go against the rules or do whatever we're gonna do it consistently all the time that in between giving somebody a reason to question you or what you feel or what you believe or what you do or how you look it puts you in such a negative place and that's in the workplace at school at home that Mm -hmm. people just feel like they can come for you for whatever reason and so that consistent integrity I think for women is is so much stronger it's like you have to believe whatever it is that you're saying you have to believe that and you have to believe it 100% and you have to believe it consistently Mm -hmm. and I don't think that men and in particular black men black men have that same responsibility and as a partner it's triggering to me to feel like I'm holding up my end of the bargain of being consistent mm-hmm. all the time in whatever my belief is, how I feel, how we going to act in this house, how I feel about you, how I feel about other people, all these things that I'm learning. I'm trying to share them with you mm-hmm. so that we can be consistent. Yeah. And I don't know that they'll ever really, besides with us, yeah. be held to that same consistency on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I want to give Ev an opportunity because, you know, he didn't talk about you. I got to hear. I got Just, I think I asked what it was like for you to be in a relationship with, with a woman like me that has the isms, the anxiety mm. socially about things and my upbringing and all that. I think for me, I think for me, it's just about like knowing the person that you're dating. Meaning like as I have dated you and I have we have, we have dated each other. And, actually, <laughs> we have dated each other. <laughs> and um I've got you know you better, got you get a feel of like what gets you from a hundred from zero to a hundred real quick. Um I think it's just like about like learning that's what I feel. I feel like all your ism and all of your, you know, everything that I like set you off, I just kind of like try to just do things that don't get you there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if if it if it if it's something that does get you there, I need to have a legitimate reason, like, <laughs> and be ready to articulate that. Uh, with you and have like a legitimate answer that makes sense to you. Because I be having questions, y'all. She does. Oh my God. No. I be she having does. questions. She does. Yeah. I be like, why did you do that? Uh, yeah. and, um, I don't know. I just didn't know. Why did you allow no. this? That's why? one of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> why did you allow something to say this? Nope. Like, yeah, so it, 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 and I agree. And I think that yeah. even in the in being like in a relationship, especially in our type of relationship, it's like, we are the protectors, and you got for definitely like someone that both of you guys are people that definitely have high standards, mm-hmm. um, high high standard in everything that you guys do, like professionals. And I think that when we, us men, if we did people like that, we also have to bring that same energy, if not higher. Mm-hmm. And I think that it also ties back to like what I was saying is about like knowing who you're dating. And I think that for me, like not just sound redundant, just, like, learning who you are as a person. Like, I had to go through that phase of, like, 
kind of like doing my own things and seeing, okay, she doesn't like that. That would be pieces of paper. I don't want to do that, you know? And even like some of the things that I have like said or trickily, it's like, yeah, like that's a no-no. Like, you know, it's like that whole experience has helped me, you know, has helped me tremendously because I feel like future-wise, like I know, okay, not to say that, like I know the type of people to be around, I really tell people that when they, the type of people that come around her and how they behave, like I know, like okay, like like they're annoying as hell. She doesn't like like them. Like I'm gonna like find like her her um how you call that triggers triggers yeah. yeah. You have officially reached the end of Black Love Part 1, Home Training and Routine Traffic Stops. Like I said, this is a two-part series, um, and I know y'all are probably wondering, first of all, why did you cut it off right there? Why would you do that? Where's the rest of the season? What about Part 2? Um, and I'm going to give you guys, because I care and I love you so much, a little snippet into what Part 2 is about. Um, I cannot promise anything for season two. I really can't, but I'm, I'm trying. So please continue to be patient with me. I hope you enjoy this snippet and I hope you enjoyed the episode altogether. Bye. How has your age impacted your relationship, growth, setbacks, challenges, question mark? Mm, mm, mm. Well, we got y'all. Now y'all. Oh, and we, we gonna have to cut this to the beginning of the episode at some point so people know that my friends have been together for seven, yeah. about to be eight. years. That was like our first big kind of argument. And it scared me so badly because he was that was like the first time he'd been mad at me. And I'd never seen him mad at me. Like Ever. I mean, I could like do anything. I could do no wrong. This man loved me like <laughs> I think that in our day and age, like we don't really see our generation or our peers like dating for like for the purpose of like staying together for mm -hmm. a long term. It's more so either for like either trending, like trend or just like, oh, I wanna date that man, that guy come he's popular, he's gonna give me that status. Mm -hmm. Black love, black love, black love. <laughs> <laughs>